Hi, this is Hope. This is Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Radio. two in-person episodes in a row we're getting back into the swing of things now that we're neighbors <laughs> that's right it's uh it's good to be meeting up in person we even hung out last night yeah we're getting the chemistry back that's we're right building our relationship <laughs> that's right we're rekindling it through bonfires which is what we had last night we had a bonfire fireside conversation it was very nice my family came over but anyway what we're done today is uh, resources episode. This is episode one of a series of two. We're doing a little bit of a series here, oh. two-part series. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about running fitness resources, but this time, we're talking about vegetarian, vegan, go vegan resources. So kind of aimed at the new vegan or new vegetarian, but hopefully there'll be a few things in here that might be useful for the seasoned veteran. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, everyone can always use some new resources. Hopefully there'll be some things that you haven't heard about. You can. Because I think it, I think aside from being another useful thing, for me at least, I'm someone who gets very inspired, very motivated, and then very unmotivated just about about different things. Can't say I've ever become unmotivated to be vegetarian, but I've at times lost the you know, the the spark about being vegan where like it's just like a becomes kind of a dull thing in a rut. And you get a new resource, a new thing to read about or watch or something. And it can just kind of rekindle the whole inspiration and everything not unlike we're rekindling our relationship here doug (laughs) exactly exactly all right so let's just jump in uh i think kicking off it like talking about inspiration motivation we came up with the the big three of documentaries that really do each inspire different areas like depending on what your area of uh motivation for this whole thing is right everyone talks about there's health for your physical body there's the animal rights issues, and then there's environmental. Those are just kind of the big trifecta of benefits of this lifestyle. So there happens to be, and it's probably not a coincidence, there's a documentary that would serve each of those needs or serve to uh, just kind of kind of enhance or magnify the amount of motivation you feel to make this happen. So if you're kind of on the fence, then one of the tips that I recommend is to go try to strengthen those feelings that that you – like if you want to be vegan but you kind of are feeling like – I don't know if I can do it. It doesn't seem practical. It seems like a lot of effort. But you really want to do it, then go strengthen those feelings. Strengthen the stuff that, that makes you want to do it. Uh, and one way to do this is watch something. So health, the obvious one to me is Forks Over Knives. Everyone knows about that one. I can't say for me that was an amazingly inspirational film. Um, it definitely has had a big impact for sure. I think particularly with older people, I'm yeah. not trying to, you know, judge or stereotype or anything, but it just seems to me that like when I talk to people who that has had a big impact on, they seem to be older. Perhaps that's because the stars of the film, Dr. Campbell and Esselstyn, are older and maybe a lot of their patients are older. I don't really know. Um, so that's one. I actually think Veducated is maybe a better one. That has Dr. Furman in it, and I'm a big Furman fan, as everyone here knows, of course. Uh, so I, I kind of like that one. It just shows some of the health results that can happen very quickly with a diet like this. Um, there's another one that's not really vegan, but it's the one about kids fed up. I think we may have mentioned that before, just about childhood, uh, not not obesity, but just general childhood, uh, just the terrible state of, of childhood nutrition, (laughs) child nutrition. Um, so it's not a, not a vegan specific movie, but that's a pretty good start. Uh, if you want to like, if that's kind of one of your motivating things is you want to do right by your kids and just kind of, you want to 
put them off on the right track. I think you can watch a movie like that and kind of get inspired to become healthier. And then that might be the first step in moving towards a plant-based diet. Yeah. I actually really like Forks Over Knives myself. Did you? Yeah. I thought it was, um, it touched very intellectually on, on things instead of having the dramatic, um, you know, some of, some of the ones, especially with animal rights, have just very dramatic images and stuff that right. that touch on your, your heartstrings, right? That pull on your heartstrings. I thought Forks Over Knives did a nice job of kind of giving some, a little more background, a little more factual evidence and scientific evidence. Than, yeah. Uh, you're right about that. And I think for me, that was what the tough part was that it just felt kind of dry. Yeah. And I wanted that like in your face, like, you know, thing where after this, you're going to be waving flags and storming the Capitol. <laughs> there wasn't a, that. There, there's a sequel to Forks Over Nights, right? Didn't they put out a second version? Yeah. I don't know if it's officially out. I actually just saw Nelson Campbell at the Asheville Vegan Festival. Uh, he was randomly there. This is Dr. Campbell's son, Colin Campbell's son, one of his two sons. Uh, and he, Nelson, kind of headed up the this new one, which is called Plant Pure Nation. Uh-huh. I don't think it's supposed to be a sequel, but it's kind of the idea of trying to, you know, now that that's been presented, now that the information is out there, uh, trying to figure out why, what, what is it going to take to kind of spark a revolution, to make to make the world, specifically government, start to kind of adopt this or be pro this or at least not anti this. Right. Uh, so that's what it's about. And it's it's different, but it's I think it's out now. I think they're kind of doing a tour now where they're screening it in different different cities. Gotcha. Apparently, though, we saw it on the Vegan Cruise, the Holistic Holiday at Sea Cruise last year, and he said it's basically a different film from what we saw on the cruise. The, the amount oh, of really? changed since they've then. changed yeah, it all. so much. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, look look that up. Plant Pure Nation. I think they're currently doing that nationwide tour, so you may uh, be hearing this in time to go see it in your city. Yeah. So that's that's the health documentaries. Certainly there are more, but that's a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, a huge motivating documentary was Earthlings. And you mentioned the in-your-face kind of yeah. graphic stuff. Uh, this was this is definitely that. This is a very difficult one to sit through. The narrator is River Phoenix. No, Joaquin Phoenix. Is he the brother of River Phoenix? I have no idea. River Phoenix has been dead for years, I believe. I think okay. he died early. Um, I think they're related. But Joaquin Phoenix does a good job of narrating and this is before walking phoenix went really weird because he, he kind of went off the rails a little bit didn't he I, yeah i don't really know i, I think don't know. i remember seeing some clip of him on a talk show and he was just like had a huge beard and like was totally not answering the questions it was just weird <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i think before that uh he he did earthlings maybe, maybe, maybe all this... spent too much time watching the video clips exactly just like the workers in these in these factory farms yeah, they uh-huh. they get desensitized and then they go crazy <laughs> uh could be one of those situations <laughs> So don't spend too long watching Earthlings, but it watch it once. It's watch. really hard. You, I found myself covering my eyes a lot and like, like not actually like a kid covering my eyes and skipping stuff, mm-hmm. but that that gut reaction would be to like want to turn away or put your hands in front of your face. Yeah. And I found myself kind of doing that because you just don't want to see this stuff. Uh, at the same time, I was really happy after I watched it that I did. I felt like I felt like I had done something good. Like I had done, you know, made a sacrifice. Like done something, sat through something that was really hard to watch. Uh, but then after that, it was like, wow, I'm really making good choices with this vegetarian vegan thing, and I want to go even further with it. So where, where were you in your journey when you saw that? I was vegetarian and thinking about being vegan. I don't know if this is before I did, because I had, in my, probably a year or two after being vegetarian, I did a 30-day vegan challenge for myself. Mm-hmm. And after that, got to the end of it and said, that's good. I like how this all is, but I'm not ready to do it yet. So I think it may have been in between that 
mm. and when I actually really went vegan that I watched Earthlings. And after I saw that, it was pretty much like I had made the decision then. I wasn't quite ready to like say, okay, no more animal products ever for me. But when I watched that, I was like, okay, I'm going to find a way to become vegan. Right. It just felt like, you know, I just had to. Sure. Um, I'm not going to say that's like the way to make decisions. <laughs> to watch like because you know who knows how much I've heard people criticize it and saying that well they they handpicked the very worst possible stuff that goes on and this isn't, this isn't even what a typical factory farm situation is uh-huh. so I'm not saying that that's the way to make decisions is watch a, a dramatized yeah. documentary about it but for me it it did and I'm I'm happy with how that turned out well I mean I think there's a lot of power especially if you're already leaning towards something it's one thing to watch a documentary and completely change your view right right. Which I think they're designed to make you do that, you know. But it's one thing to do that and not have any other knowledge and just go out and say, okay, now I'm going to go vegan. That's a good point. Um, but, you know, if, if you're just strengthening your your Resolve. will and your, yeah. I don't know, you're strengthening your, your mojo. <laughs> your resolve. Resolve, there not, you go. Not your mojo. <laughs> strengthening your resolve, then, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I think you're right. That's a very good point. Uh, but anyway, that one that one also kind of alerted me to the fact that it wasn't just about food there's also i think there were five different prongs in that movie i've only watched it one time mm-hmm. and i was kind of felt like oh, that was all i needed maybe i should watch it again one day when i'm feeling it? no but it was free online Damn, i forgot to look this up <laughs> I was, we, we have made a pact that we're not going to uh say i think that's online or i think you can get that for free or i think that's in different cities we were going to be sure of things that we say on the podcast um it was free online at the time that i wrote about it and i believe it still is well, um, yes, it still is. Good. On documentarywire.com. There you go. Okay, good. So anyway, um, they talk about not just diet, but also clothing. Uh, they talk about having animals as pets. They kind of point out a lot of things that are actually wrong about that, which is tough for me to hear because I have two dogs and had considered that, you know, I thought I'd done a good thing by rescuing these two dogs from the shelter. And I still feel that way, but I think... It, you know, any ownership of animals is kind of encouraging the, the industry to continue. So who knows? Um, but it just kind of opened my eyes to some different facets of this, where it was like, hey, it's not just about diet. There's other things involved here, too. Uh, they talked about zoos and circuses and animals as entertainment and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, just kind of a, a good film to watch. Very, very difficult one. Not at all for young kids, I don't think. I wouldn't I wouldn't let my kids watch this yet at all. <laughs> but Nightmares. Really, I mean, it's it's... I don't know. And I feel like when you're that impressionable at a young age that, like I was saying about not making decisions based on one thing that could be not, I don't know, could be an exaggeration or a dramatization of the truth just because of what they've, what parts they've selected, I'd be, I'd be kind of wary about, you know, putting someone so impressionable as a kid in front of that. Uh, but I don't know. That, that other people would disagree with me, with me on that, I bet. So that's one. And then we've got one that we haven't seen, Doug, either one of us, but Cowspiracy is on Netflix now. Rich Roll, I believe, on his podcast a while back, interviewed the Cowspiracy people, and I think he was somehow involved with the film. I don't know in what way, uh, if he was like an honorary producer or what, but he, he somehow he was involved. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen it. People do rave about that one, and that's like the environmental right. one, we think. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. Okay. I actually rewatched the trailer yesterday because it just became free on Netflix, I don't know, this week or something. And so I've, I've heard a, much cha- a bunch of chatter about it. And I rewatched the trailer yesterday, and I'm going to watch it this weekend, baby. We are, too. We did, my wife just pointed that out to me the other day, that it was on Netflix, and we said, we're going to watch that when we get a chance. Yeah. Get some popcorn. Maybe we can have a viewing party. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> a <big laughs> party. 
Yes, we could do that, Doug. Now that we're neighbors. <laughs> all right. So those are those are our documentary choices. I think really the role of documentaries is not ever going to be to teach you something really in depth, but it's it's to inspire you, right, or to open your eyes about something and get you excited about changing something. Or I guess I guess maybe in some way they they teach you about things, but. I think mainly they're for inspiration. I think a documentary filmmaker would be a little insulted that you said that. <laughs> I mean, no one's going to say you should do that instead of read a book if you really want to learn about a topic. Yeah. But I think they're a lot more approachable than books. I mean, people are definitely. much more yeah. willing to sit through a two-hour movie. Right. Uh, than... And they have different forms of not not just entertainment, but whatever, information, right? Because they give you pictures and sound and all these. And it can become dramatic and emotional and have an impact that maybe a book can't. Right. Because books can't be emotional. Nope. That's a known fact. Boring. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's films. Podcasts we, we thought a little bit about. Neither of us listens to any all-vegan podcasts that much, do we? Nope. Just this one. We make this one. the number right. one. That's right. It's the only good one. The others aren't, aren't worth paying attention to. <laughs> no, that's not true at all. But uh, there are a few that I have heard a few episodes from now and then. And uh, I'd like the people who do them. And I know some of the people who do them. And the ones that I... No, and like are our hen house, very nice one. A lot of about a lot of kind of the ethical side of veganism, uh, but it's entertaining and informative, and there's some good stuff. And I've been a guest on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Food for thought with Colleen Patrick Gaudreau, yep. who I'm proud to now say is a is a friend of mine or an acquaintance of mine. We hung out on the vegan cruise a good bit, and she was actually on our podcast a few weeks before that during uh, what I like to call our dark period of our podcast, where <laughs> we iTunes was no longer, what was it? They, they weren't putting out our episodes anymore. Somehow our feed got disrupted. Yeah. And we were making new episodes, but they weren't actually going out to people on iTunes. So a few people were not affected by it, so they kept hearing them. But many people just weren't getting our episodes then, and we had it no was, way of telling right. people. And we thought that we were... Yes. No one was listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> so that was not a fun period. Um, unfortunately, that's when Colleen's episode was... And it was a good one. I liked it. It was about a 30-day, her book called 30-Day Vegan Challenge, which is kind of a, I don't, I don't, it's not a day one, day two, like, here's what you do new on this day. It's not that type of a challenge, but it was like, go vegan for 30 days, and each day she kind of gives you some new bit of inspiration or facts or learning and things to do. So mm-hmm. that, it's a good, good book. Uh, I had the ebook of it and enjoyed it. But anyway, she does a good podcast that's always highly rated. And of course, there's Rich Roll, who everyone listening to this will probably know. Uh, his, as we both said, is not really a vegan podcast anymore maybe it started that way but it, it's expanded into so many different things meditation i saw was this week episode is a guy who battled depression for a while uh i think the is it cowspiracy yep two guys uh this week yeah oh i don't know i just got the email of it okay should i should have uh should have checked that before we <laughs> that's the problem we, we come we start talking and then we come up with new things and then we're not prepared to address them <laughs> anyway uh, Rich Roll's podcast is a good one. It goes into many, many topics much broader than just plant-based diet, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a good one. You you, you kind of said at the beginning we don't ever listen to these podcasts. And I should say that we both probably, I know I have yeah. spent a lot of time listening to Rich Roll's podcast. Definitely. Yeah. I'm just not a, I'm not a, I don't know. It's just not my, if I'm going to listen to a podcast regularly, it tends to be about different topics than than health and, right. and this stuff. So uh-huh. that's what I mean. I'm just not an avid listener of these. But sure, they're all very good. And then if you're in the Miami area, there's a Miami podcast, is there not? Yes, there is. Planted in Miami. That's right. Founded by Alex and Jeanette Ruiz, who are the leaders of the Nomad Athlete Miami group. Uh, they, in fact, are going to be doing an Asheville visit in about uh, 10 days from now. Oh, right, right on. So we can hang out with them. 
we could have him on the podcast. We already did. Again? <laughs> <laughs> if people wanted to hear that, yeah, we could do that again. Never mind. All right, scratch that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But hang out. Definitely hang out. Okay, so those are podcasts. Um, anything else there, Doug? I no, I think I think we're going from the most exciting documentaries to then podcasts, a little less exciting, but equally as engaging. And now we're going to go to the boring <laughs> nah, stuff. The boring books. The boring books. No, I what? actually I am a huge book reader. I, we shouldn't uh, knock books. I would I would much sooner read a book than watch a documentary. <laughs> I just I just like it better. So uh, what books yet? Okay, so let's not do cookbooks just yet. No. Because that's a whole different thing. That is a very useful thing for a new vegan or vegetarian, but I don't know. I mean, I think there's a there's a different type of book, and that's the one that informs you about stuff and really makes you feel that, for me, mo- everything I've got listed here is kind of, has changed the way I look at food uh, and helped me to come around from what, like, the typical standard American view of food is, that you need this meat, you need this dairy to get strong and all these things. Uh, and to feel okay and confident about this choice. Because I think that's that's a big hang-up for a lot of people. Even once you become vegetarian, even once you become vegan, I've heard Rich Roll in one of his talks say this exact thing, that even when he finished some, I don't know, if, I think it was his second Ultraman, it wasn't until then when he had this terrible fall and overcame it and, and finished really strong. Uh, it wasn't until then he said that like the little voice in his head that was saying like, is this really okay? Are you getting enough protein? It, just just because that's so deeply ingrained in our heads mm-hmm. uh, that it wasn't until then until that he like finally stopped that voice entirely. That it just stopped talking to him. Right. Uh, so I think I think the more you can read these books, the more it really helps with that type of thing. Uh, one that's not out yet that I didn't plan on promoting at all, but Dr. Michael Greger runs the site nutritionfacts.org. It's good uh, site. Yeah, lots of videos and very very informative site. And he's just a really cool guy, entertaining guy, uh, doesn't really sell anything on his site. So he wanted it to be totally pure and so that you know he's not doing things for advertisers or whatever else. I learned about him on the Ritual podcast. That's right. He was a guest on there, wasn't mm-hmm. he? It was a good one, too. Yeah. So he's he's uh, on the on the vegan cruise. He was there last year, and I met him there, and he'll be there this coming year as well. But anyway, his book is called How to Not Die, and it's I think it's available for pre-order now. It could be How Not to Die. I don't know which one of those was, but... Available for pre-order. came out, I think, two days ago. It, it became available for that. Uh, so anyway, check that out. I am definitely going to pre-order and read that book myself, uh, but I haven't yet. But I have no doubt it'll be good. Great. So that's one. Um, Super Immunity is one of my very favorites. I mentioned Dr. Joel Furman. I always do. That, to me, was a really kind of like the first book that I read that made me start thinking about nutrition in a much, much deeper way than just calories, protein, fat, carbohydrate type way. Uh, Brendan Brazier's Thrive book was probably the first one that really got me thinking in that way. For me, the Dr. Furman really kind of hammered home the idea that so much is about micronutrition and not macronutrition, mm-hmm. meaning that the vitamins and minerals and the things we don't even know about uh, that are that are on the micro level, not the macro level, which would be the carbohydrate, fat, protein stuff. Thrive was the very first vegan vegetarian book that was given to me, and uh, when I was very when I was just beginning to play around with this idea, and I it thought it was a very approachable, good good way to do it if you're just starting out. Right. Yeah, Thrive is I, something about like the way that it kind of focuses on energy and, mm-hmm. and digestion, and just these kind of topics that I think are sort of fuzzy. Like they're not, it's not a super scientific book. No, and those concepts, there's not a whole lot of science behind those. So it's I can see why to some people that might be a turnoff, but for me it was just like a different, I don't know, holistic's not the right word, but it was just a different approach to nutrition than the typical what-you-learn-in-school stuff. 
and just just a really interesting eye-opening read but um so that, you know that might even be a better one than super Mini to start with if you're motivated by athletic stuff and mm-hmm. energy for performance then then yeah start with that uh super Mini to me puts it on a little bit firmer foundation because Furman is a big researcher and scientific right. guy you're a scientific guy too I sort of am, sometimes, on some days. <laughs> uh, another really good book that I like a lot is Michael Pollan's In Defense of Food. I read this just before I decided to go vegetarian. Actually, so this was probably seven years ago now. Uh, but really just kind of the first that I started thinking about, this idea of just eating actual whole foods. And mm-hmm. thinking, it really, that, that book, is, when he says In Defense of Food, he's, he's basically saying that in, it's In Defense of Real Actual Food. Not right. all this stuff that really can barely be considered food. All these made up and manufactured and processed things that are, are so much more entertainment for our senses and our mouth particularly uh, than they are about nutrition or just like the way that food is meant to be. So that's a really good one. He wrote one later called Food Rules, which is much, much shorter. It's like 100 rules that are like a sentence long. <laughs> and there might be a little paragraph or two about some of them. But for the most part, just very, very short. Uh, but that, I mean, that does a nice job of giving you the, the 100 or 99 or whatever main points of indefensive in food huh. in a much, much faster format. Interesting. I haven't even heard of that one. I have read indefensive food, but... So if you think books are boring, if you agree with what, what we said, yeah. Food Rules is, is the place to do it. Sounds like, a, sounds like a good book for me. Yeah. Straight <laughs> up your alley. So I can read it quick and then hop on a documentary and watch that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, it would be a good book for kids, though. I mean, if you wanted to introduce kids to food rules and healthy eating, mm-hmm. then these little rules, post one or two of them on your refrigerator, good place to start. And his stuff, you know, his the slogan of In Defense of Food or the tagline was, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Yep. I hope I'm getting the order right there. Uh, and those very, very simple rules are a pretty good uh, representation of, of the type of rules that he gives in that book like he has the rules like don't eat anything your grandmother wouldn't recognize as food um i think he says like don't eat anything that has more than five ingredients in it which i don't love that rule because you can you can cook from more than five totally whole ingredients and make a make a good thing but when you're buying food that's a probably good rule of thumb i don't know if i agree with the grandmother one either to be honest no no I remember the first time I brought a kale salad to my grandmother she was she was not happy with me because she thought that that was the the decorative stuff. <laughs> Why are we eating the decorative stuff? Nah, that's a good point. Uh, but I think I think in general, there's a lot of stuff that that there are many many more instances where I think you would agree with that rule. No, I'm sure. <laughs> but that's a good point. No, that, I hadn't heard that, that came before. to mind. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that's that's Michael Pollan. Uh, he also has the Omnivore's Dilemma, which I honestly have not read because it's very very long. Uh, but if they make a documentary of it, I'll watch that. <laughs> there you go. Okay, other books. Uh, Eighty ten ten. I enjoyed. It's it's about raw fruitarian type diet. Not something that I can one hundred percent be behind and say this is the way to eat, but something that I found entertaining and enjoyable and just made me think a different different way. You know how I always like every podcast have one phrase I keep saying. Mm-hmm. Eye opening is my phrase today. <laughs> Eighty ten ten was eye opening, as were all these other things that I've called eye opening. So that's uh, that's kind of if you're interested in raw type food, that's a good one. Choosing Raw is by Jenna Hamshaw, who is a friend of ours, is probably a little more, uh, I don't know, somewhat more scientifically grounded than 801010. Dr. Graham, the author of 801010, would definitely argue with that. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Maybe it's just a little bit more mainstream and, for me, not, not quite as extreme 
seeming I mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, didn't feel like a guilty pleasure while I was reading it but like this is legitimate stuff uh, so Choosing Raw is is another good one what else Doug any other books well we kind of went back and forth on whether to include these in this episode or part two about training but yes um, I think that Finding Ultra by Rich Roll and Eat and Run by Scott Jurek should be included here because I think that they're, they give a good, for someone who is just getting in and unsure as to whether you can be an athlete on a plant-based diet and you can thrive on a plant-based diet, they give you a really good understanding or demonstration of, of how you can. Yes. Um, and I think that a lot of people read those books not really knowing or not looking for any sort of vegan or vegetarian information and got a bunch of it and, and learned a lot in the process. So I'm going to include those here if you're looking for a little motivation about being fit on a plant-based diet didn't check those out definitely and also reassurance which we mentioned is really important this idea that you know we there's this voice in everybody's head that says you can't really do this and when you read 250 pages from someone who is one of the best in the world at what they do and they're talking about how this diet enables them to do it in many ways Mm -hmm. it really helps you to feel confident in this Definitely. And then did we mention the China study yet? We didn't. There are a few books that I think are just kind of so obvious, and we didn't want to make this thing, this episode full of resources that everyone already knows. Surely some of them are that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the China study's in there. I honestly haven't read the entire China study yet. I bought it recently at the Marshall Health, Marshall Health Fest, and have it's on my shelf, but I haven't really read it yet. Uh, Forks Over Knives is the perfect documentary uh, analog to the China study, yeah. if you're not into reading. Uh-huh. China study, it looks like a dense, when I flip through it, it looks very, very dense, but uh, I, I I am familiar with the highlights of the book, and I understand a lot of it. I, I took a little one-night one class, I think it was maybe like two and a half hours, just going doing an overview of the China study. And okay. they had different chapters that we were supposed to read before we went in, and I read those. I haven't read the whole thing all the way through, but uh, it was a really good way to get a good grasp on the, on the book. And I think that's a good one. I mean, if you're looking for, you know, a real study on, oh, yeah. on the effects like, of... That's like of, the landmark yeah. thing. So, so... Check it out. Was that, Doug, was that after or before your smoothie class that you took? <laughs> that was probably around the same time. Okay. So, <laughs> I was in so class is your format of learning things. Not well, you know, I just, they're a lot more engaging. Okay. I, I, you know, that's one of my things, actually, that we have down for later on, on live events is, is finding different classes like that. So Good. Okay. Um, Hole is one of Dr. Campbell's more recent books. I think it is his more recent book. He's got some other little books like The Low Carb Fraud, which is a much, much little quick one-sitting type of read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whole is very dense, uh, but very good. I mean, it was sort of makes you realize just how deep the problem. It, it addresses the the issues, the food issues in in our society, and just kind of healthcare and money, lots of financial stuff and economic issues of why basically it doesn't pay to promote eating whole food or plant based food. I mean, mo- it's mostly the whole as you know conspiracy theories. This all sounds. There's so much with with pharmaceuticals and the idea that maybe. It's not in everyone's best interest to cure disease as much as kind of just just treat it um, as far as financial interests go. So it just, to me, what's a different word for eye-opening? It, it, it <laughs> allowed me to see lots of uh, aspects of, of the world that I did not understand before. Uh, so that's, that's another good one, whole. And I mean, there's also some nutrition stuff in there. In that book, he recommends an 80-10-10 diet, believe it or not. Which no. is weird. Dr. Really? Campbell, 80-10-10. Wow. You heard it here. <laughs> not quite the same, but 80% carbohydrate, 10% protein, 10% fat. Uh, he was not talking about raw. Or fruit, right? Or fruit, no. He was just talking about 
you know, regular diet. But you are eating a lot of raw fruits and vegetables to get such a low amount of protein. So there you go. There you okay. go. So I think that's that's good enough with books. Certainly there are many, many more books, and uh, I'm sure people will email us to tell us that we forgot these books, right? They will, and, you know, that's fair. That's inevitable. That's how it works. Yeah. So there are many more books. We're not mentioning them all, obviously. All right. Let's see. Cookbooks. What about, actually, sorry, okay. let's mention go one ahead. more. And what I'm blanking on the name, but you're going to know Sid's book. Yeah. Great one. Yeah. What's Approaching the Natural. Approaching the Natural, yeah. And I think it has a subtitle, but I don't don't know it off the top of my head. I liked that book a lot. I did too. Fits in your pocket mm-hmm. sort of book. It's cheap. And Sid has a really good way of presenting information in a, in a friendly, you know, easy to digest. You can read the book in a day or two. Yeah. And it's just just a good approach to and it's not just about food. There's some good stuff about fitness and it's about approaching approaching a natural lifestyle with what we've got in this totally modern, not very natural lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um even gets to the level of telling you to text your friends more often. Because <laughs> it's just good to kind of have social interaction. Mm-hmm. Also talks about grounding, which I have trouble getting oh, right. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> Going out barefoot to the, uh-huh. the ground, uh-huh. the earth's energy. Yeah. Or I, having a ground. You know, blanket. I've heard, I've I've looked into it more, and it seems that there's a little bit of science behind it. You, uh, if you are a long term, long time listener, last Christmas Matt asked for a grounding blanket, or maybe that was grounding sheets, grounding sheets, something yep. on your they plug list. into the wall. Yep. Did, did not. And I made I made a lot of fun of you. You did. And did you get those? I don't even know. No, because I never officially asked for them. Oh, okay. I was hoping Aaron would listen to this podcast <laughs> and buy them, but she didn't. <laughs> Maybe next year. Maybe maybe this year. So anyway, that's a good one. Approaching the Natural. Sid's site, by the way, is called Transitioning to Health, and he does a video series and podcasts and stuff. And he's also coming to Asheville soon, Doug, mm. in about three weeks. Cool. To do some work with me. We're going to make some stuff and have fun. And I think we'll probably have him on the podcast again. Be cool. So I'm glad you mentioned his book. What else we got? Okay. Let's do cookbooks. And again, there's a billion cookbooks out there. I haven't really bought that many recently. I get a bunch sent to me, and I tend to be lazy and just not go buy them because mm-hmm. I get angry. I'm like, well, if they're not going to send it to me, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> uh, Entitled much? So my favorites are a little bit older, but they're not by no means are they really old. Uh, a Thousand Vegan Recipes was really good, important book for me to get as a, when I was interested in becoming vegan. Yep. This is to me, I think vegan to me sort of felt forbidden. Like Like vegetarian was good. I was comfortable there. Vegan was like, ah, that's kind of extreme. Don't know if I can do that. But then I saw this book and I was like, wow, a thousand recipes. If I have that, I can definitely make some vegan meals and find some that aren't weird and aren't hard to hard to make or hard to find the ingredients. So that was a really good one for me. And I still use it to this day. There's several recipes in there that I still make as, as kind of standards in our rotation. So that's a good one. Uh, another one that I really have enjoyed was called World Vegetarian by Madher Jaffrey, who is an Indian actress. I think she was an actress first and then became a cookbook author, though I'm not totally sure that that's the right order. Uh, All vegetarian recipes, there is a lot of dairy in it. So if you're vegan, it's not great, but there are still a bunch in there that are really good that can be made vegan or are vegan. But lots and lots of good recipes. It kind of introduced me to different ethnicities of cooking. Is that ethnicity? Ethnic is okay word to say, right? It's not not, not offensive or anything? No, you're good. Uh, so all different kinds of Indian, maybe Sri Lankan, uh, Pakistani, yeah, just just other parts of the world 
totally different types of food from what we eat in this country typically and for me that was really that was great i mean it was like it was one of the one of the big benefits of, of becoming vegetarian and then vegan is it introduced me to all these other styles of cooking that i had previously just totally been blind to hmm. you might say it opened my eyes to them <laughs> uh so <laughs> that's a good one world vegetarian and then the other couple books that i love are by isa chandra moskowitz One's called Isa Does It. That's her, I think it's her newest book. She's kind of got into starting a restaurant since then. So it's been a few years since she wrote a book. Isa Does It is like weeknight, weeknight meals. To me, that is like the vegan Rachel Ray kind of book where it's really good, reliable, dependable meals that you can make in 30, 40 minutes on a weeknight without too much fancy stuff. And, uh, and they're just good and tasty. The kids will eat them. And then she's got another one called, she has many more, but another of my favorites called Appetite for Reduction that she did with Matt Resigno as a co-author. Yep. That's sort of her uh, simplification book. So it's like simple meals that are also, I think, kind of reduced calories. She sort of reduced everything, reduced the complexity and reduced the calories and fat in some hmm. of these meals. But that, that doesn't mean that they're like salads. I mean, they're still pretty heavy, good meals like for athletes. That, it's, as far as like vegan athlete books go, that's a really good one. I don't, so think, I don't reduction. think Matt would put his name on a book that was all salads. No. He's not. A, he doesn't like salads. Yeah, he big, hated them growing up. Yeah. As anyway. he wrote in No Meat Athlete. <laughs> hey, we didn't mention that one, did we? No, no Meat Athlete is a good book as well. Absolutely. Would fit both of these cooking categories and regular category. I haven't read it, but... No. Nobody actually has read it. <laughs> but it's a good one. They say. I got so a couple. It says Amazon... 110 good reviews on there. Oh, yeah. Actually, 109 good reviews. One bad one. <laughs> one bad one. <laughs> <laughs> but he's counting. Exactly. Who checks that every day? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you got, Doug? Um, I got one that, that I was using for a long time, which was How to Cook Everything Vegetarian. Mm-hmm. There is the How to Cook Everything book, I think. Yep. Uh, and then there is a vegetarian version. It is massive thousands of pages you know thirty thousand. no not really but it is a big book <laughs> this uh, is mark Pittman, right yep okay it is a, a big book and has a ton of recipes most of which they have a vegan option as well so it's good for people who are just becoming vegetarian and then if you want to take it a step further uh, and do the vegan option you can do that so that was a really helpful book for me when i was first starting out and then you know, of course, if you have ever Googled a vegan recipe, then you have heard of Oshi Glows, and that is a fantastic mm-hmm. cookbook. Katie's one of Katie's New Year's resolutions for 2015 was to cook her way through Oshi Glows. Wow, and how's that going? It's going pretty good. We're, yeah. we're most of the way through, and have not been disappointed. Wow, it is a very good. Yeah, cookbook. it's a good book. No doubt about it. Um, you've inspired me to mention two more, Doug. Okay. Yum Universe from Heather yep. Crosby is uh-huh. a good one. We were on a big time kick from Yum Universe for a while. My wife was just got into gluten free for some reason because it's a gluten free vegan cookbook. Yep, and lots and lots of good stuff there that we enjoyed. And then Brendan Brazier's book Thrive Foods is mm. a really good one. Yeah. The recipes in Thrive, the first Thrive that we mentioned as a good informational book, are a little bit difficult. They're not exactly family friendly. Like they, these are the recipes that he used when he was trying to be a pro athlete when he when he was trying to and when he Mm -hmm. became one Mm -hmm. yeah the recipes that he formulated then and kept using because they were really high energy lots of raw i think entirely gluten-free sprouted stuff all kinds of all kinds of super foodie type things yeah but not the type of food that you can easily serve to kids if 
they're at all new at eating this way. Like even my kids, they won't, they just won't touch that kind of food. They want normal looking food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but his book Thrive Foods was really came out and and just I don't know way more cooked stuff. I had, I had a feeling that like Brendan Brazier purists would were probably disappointed with that in the same way like punk bands when they kind of go mainstream, people don't like that and they turn on them. Sellouts. I didn't hear of anybody calling Brendan Brazier a sellout or turning on him or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, my guess is there were people like that. And, mm. and the mainstream community, people like me who have kids, said, hey, this is amazing. So like this is like Green Day when they started putting out, <laughs> uh, I don't know, what's like, I think even Dookie was a sellout Dookie, album. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, that was their one that shot them to stardom, right? Yeah. Yeah. So In the mainstream. So, yeah. So Thrive Foods is Brendan Brazier's Dookie. <laughs> Tweetable quote. <laughs> okay. But anyway, I do like that book a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. All right. Anyway. So let's let's go to a new category. Shall we? How about uh, apps? apps. I, got, I got two apps. Okay. I have no apps. apps DraftKings is my app. My new <laughs> app. I got on my wife's phone and I am into it. Oh, yes, you are. Uh, Happy Cow app, which is a good website as well. Okay, cool. And that, by the way, tells people where where the vegan restaurants are, vegan friendly, or vegetarian, or health food stores, where all those are in any area you might be. Mm-hmm. That's the way to find that stuff. And the Forks Over Knives app, which has a bunch of recipes and useful instructional videos and things like that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Did not know that was an app. They have an app. There's an app for that. There you go. Good. Okay. So those are apps. Uh, there are a million other vegetarian vegan apps i'm sure but we get emails about them all the time um but i don't know about any of them and i don't i don't know that you need any of them i think they're all a waste of time <laughs> okay how about in-person stuff doug you're you're a big in-person type of guy i, I am a big in-person yeah kind of guy. you go to classes as you said and you came up with this whole category for us so why don't you why don't you start us off okay all right now we'll, we'll start with courses i think if you can if you live in a city that has different cooking courses or uh, just, you know, learning courses, like an uh, in-depth study of, of uh, the China study, mm-hmm. and you can find those and go to those, and they often bring in lots of interesting speakers and panelists and things like that. Good way to just meet people and learn a little bit. Uh, so I would recommend that. There are VegFests, which we should probably mention here, which this is a big one for us. A big one for a nomad athlete, and they... Nowadays, it seems like everybody has a veg fest. I mean, yeah, even smaller towns have have veg fests, which is fantastic. So a great way to not only uh, get some food and stuff like that and be entertained, but also know because there are booths everywhere, so you can meet people who are involved within your community. You can meet organizations and get involved uh, with with those organizations that you might not have known existed. It sounded like you said there are boobs everywhere. And I thought, I was like, what is he talking about? Like, I was like, is there, is there, is there a veg fest I didn't know about? Uh, booths. Booths. Veg, veg going crazy. Yes. <laughs> no, booths. Uh, booths. Like the Nomad Athlete booth that is at many of them these days. And in fact, this month and this next month, October, we will be at DC Veg Fest, which is one that we always go to. Uh-huh. It's fun. You and I have gone to that a few times together. Yeah. Are you going to that one? Or are you? No, I will not. But uh, my friend Martha, who I met at Woodstock Fruit Festival, will be manning our table there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Chicago Vegan Mania the th- next week. Um, the Chicago Nomad Athlete Chicago leader, whose name is Jeanette, will mm-hmm. be there. Awesome. I'm not giving last names. You know, just just to protect these people. 
And then we'll be at the Boston Vegetarian Food Festival. I think that is Saturday and Sunday, October 24th and 25th. Mm -hmm. And that will be Ryan, the leader of the Boston group, will be there. Awesome. So these groups have turned out to be pretty good people for running VegFest, which is cool. So you can can pick up a new logo t-shirt. The new logo shirt. They will all be there. Absolutely. And and hang out with your local running group leader. There you go. And sign up to to, uh, join that local group as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Doug, the reason I said these things were big for us, these VegFest, wasn't for the brand. It wasn't a promoted brand. It was that you and I met in person at a VegFest. Oh. That's what I was saying. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, you're right. That is right. That's... Yes. So the year was 2010. Uh-huh. It was the DC VegFest. I was there to see Robert Cheek speak. Yep. And my wife and I went, wore the old classic No Meat Athlete carrot, the one with like the scribbly looking legs, like not even, you know, just made in, in made homemade in Microsoft Paint, I think. <laughs> <laughs> on a yellow t-shirt and one doug hay was there saw the shirts and came and said hi yeah that was uh i was really just going vegetarian at the time and was following you and saw that you were going to be there and kept my eye out for you there you go stalked you a little bit came and shook my hand in the parking lot yeah right as you were leaving and the rest is history that that's right it. here we are today here we are no that was cool i mean to me that was a big deal like being recognized at one of these and and have you know I was like, I mean, because that my blog then was only a year and a half old, so mm. it wasn't like that happened very often. And it was like, hey, this is cool. Somebody yeah. reads my blog. Cool. <laughs> so anyway, I got a couple other live things. I'm sure you do. Go things. for it. Uh, vegan drinks, good. Which is really a kind of a neat thing. Uh, I went to it several times in DC. It is at I just counted 34 different cities. Came prepared on that one. Nice. And it is basically just a meet and greet social event. At a bar, they usually have some sort of special cocktail and some vegan treats, snacks, and things like that. Sometimes there's talks, but really it's just kind of a social event. Uh, kind of neat. Vegan drinks, way better than regular vegan meetups. I'll go on record as saying that. Mm-hmm. They are cooler people at them. Okay. And uh, not because drinking is cool, but because I just, I don't know. They just, to me, attract someone who's kind of, kind of in it for fun and right. still passionate about it, but just doesn't take it too crazily seriously and i like that so vegan drinks is a good event i've been to i actually spoke at a vegan event in dc vegan drinks event oh, i don't know why we wouldn't why you wouldn't have come to that hmm. but anyway my friend emily ran it and uh invited me to come speak and it was fun cool yeah bread and bread bread and something oh yeah at a uh, bread brew yeah i think so yeah yeah i think that's what it's called i don't know anyway all right, uh, and then I got two more, and these are these are if you really want to do something cool. Okay, okay good. <laughs> There's the uh, well, three more actually. There's the fruit festival. Yes, Woodstock fruit festival. Wood, cool. Woodstock fruit festival, got which, is, saved which lives. I yes, know. it was ready to be discontinued, and then people stepped up, and they got a sponsor, and then had to sell 200 tickets by a certain day, and, and they did, which is cool. So I really hope to go back there next year because we loved it. Yeah. Good I have one. not been to it, but I've heard rave reviews from mm-hmm. one Matt Fraser. Yep. The Vegan Cruise. Holistic Holiday at Sea. Yep. Excellent choice, Doug. And if you are, and this is this is more approachable and probably a lot cheaper for a lot of people, is to find a farm sanctuary near your community, go volunteer at it. Good. Yeah, meet some people, sponsor it, do what you can to be engaged in the farm sanctuary. They seem to be popping up a lot these days. And it doesn't have to be the... Farm sanctuary right. brand, right? Animal sanctuaries that you know are farm sanctuaries, but they're not called a farm sanctuary because mm-hmm. that's the 
one that has the two locations. Even John Stewart's starting one now. Is that right? Yeah. I saw that he was being honored at a farm, an actual farm sanctuary, at their their like big gala dinner thing, and I didn't know why that was. He's starting one. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He's got time now. That's right. Um, okay, I've got one. Join your local nomad athlete group. That's that's uh, better than all of these. It is. It's free. Should have been first. <laughs> Should have. <laughs> uh, we mentioned the group leaders who were running these tables at VegFest, which is cool, but uh, they also meet and run and do stuff on usually a monthly basis, sometimes more frequently than that. And uh, they're really neat. We've had some nomad athlete, as we mentioned, nomad athlete uh, group leaders on our podcast with the Miami group. And I think I'm going to try to do more of that because people said they enjoyed that when we, when we surveyed the audience. So. Anyway, nomadathlete.com slash groups is where you would do that. Uh, there's no cost associated with that at all. It's just a good way to hang out with people who are uh, indoctrinated in our ways. Me- <laughs> meaning like they're not crazy, preachy, militant about this. They're just cool, normal people. At least in my eyes, they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so do that. Um, what else do we have? We have websites left here, Doug, and we have another promoting our own stuff type of category <laughs> let's get uh, that over with it's called the 30 day vegan challenge uh or 30 day go vegan challenge and we did it very quietly we didn't I and mean, we i put we did an email about it in a blog we didn't mention it on the podcast kind of just forgot about it but uh we're gonna be doing another one of those pretty soon i think and it's turned out to be really good and very happy with it so anyway just keep your eye out for that 30 day go vegan challenge uh is something we'll be doing as a group and mm-hmm. I realized when we named it that it's very similar to Colleen Patrick Goudreau's 30-Day Vegan Challenge that I just mentioned her book. But ours has go in it. Ours has go in it, right? Yeah. So it's different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it doesn't compete with her thing at all. Hers thing is a book, and this is just a, a thing we do together. Yep. Okay, websites. What kind of websites do you, Doug, use as an internet user? Well, you know, I, I liked, I want to start with this because we got a question about it. A while ago and we answered it already but i think it's good to mention again here um places to online shop that you can know if you're getting vegan goods mm-hmm. you have used vegan essentials vegan essentials who sells no meat athlete shirts yep and i have used the vegan filter on zappos that only lists vegan shoes and vegan clothing good so those are two good ways to yeah i should clarify vegan essentials they sell just like a bunch of products like if you need vegan deodorant or vegan umbrella or vegan i think they do some food ingredients too just kind of a big walmart for vegans basically online <laughs> and not without all the terrible things that yeah a little better than <laughs> <laughs> okay good what, what other websites zappos is good that's a good zappos tip though you can filter by vegan because people always want to know about vegan shoes it's always hard to tell what is and what isn't because it's not just leather that's the problem it's the glue and that's much harder to know about mm. so that's cool if they do that uh, you mentioned the Happy Cow app, so we don't need to mention that website, but we just did. And I don't know. I mean, as far as like you, cooking, you, anytime you need a vegan recipe, you can find it online, almost certainly. Yep. You don't really need to buy cookbooks. This is an insider trick. <laughs> almost every cookbook recipe you want is on the internet if you know the name of the recipe. That's the hard part. you got to know what you're looking for. And then somebody has blogged about it, legally or illegally. And posted the recipe. Yeah, almost always. And usually it's legal. Like if anyone emails me and says, hey, can I put a recipe from your book? I will usually ask, I will say yes or I will ask the publisher and they will say yes. But almost no one's going to say no, you can't do that because it's it's fine. And if you're not doing it in large quantity, then it really doesn't hurt anybody until you consider that everybody's doing it. <laughs> and then eventually you get the whole book online. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, so you can find them 
I guess you can still go to websites sometimes. Like I go to Post Punk Kitchen a lot. I mentioned Isa. That's hers. Her website, and I think Terry Hope Romero was, was involved in it too. But all their old recipes are on there, and it's just a good database of good vegan recipes. There are others. You mentioned the OG Glow's book. Mm-hmm. I mentioned the Yum Universe book. Mm-hmm. Both of those have websites associated with them uh, where you can find recipes. No Meat Athlete, of course, has recipes on there. Um, Thug Kitchen. Thug Kitchen is a big one. Mm-hmm. I'm offended by the language they use, though. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's gotten very popular recently. Had the immense success with their book. Yep. Until they became white. Or turned, until they turned out to be white. And they got in a lot. Oh, is that, I didn't hear any of that. Oh, really? Is that right? That was a huge controversy, yeah. Oh, I seen that from the beginning. They were white. I think no. it was just kind of like a funny well, thing. Well, they, they were, uh, you know, they were hidden or whatever, private. And no one knew who they were. And then after the book came out. Really? Yeah. And that was a controversy. People oh, were upset huge. by that? Oh, yeah. People were really upset about it, yeah. Really? They were like, you're the wrong color, so we don't like this anymore? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't want to speak for people who were upset about it, because I okay. wasn't upset about it. But... Okay. Interesting. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. But doesn't affect the taste of their food. No, it doesn't. No. Good. And it's still good, I assume. I don't, know, I don't think I've ever made anything from them. But. Good. <laughs> okay. Hey, here's a website. Uh, Miyoko's Kitchen. She sells cheese. And it's vegan cheese, and it's really, really good. And... We don't get any money for saying this, but she was in Italy. She was the co-host of the Italy event with me, and I was blown away by how good her cheese was and how much it tasted like the real thing, and uh, you can get it there. Miyoko's Kitchen. Awesome. All right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, have, I don't do that much. Uh, besides making no meat athlete stuff, I don't do that much internet vegan stuff. Look up recipes now and then, but generally I get that info from books. I don't know. I just can't read web articles. It just, I just can't trust anybody. <laughs> I think I'll start reading an article and I'll be like, this is cool. I'm going to forward it to someone. And then I'm like, but actually, I should probably check where their sources are, who funded the study. And, all. and then it ultimately ends up being all just, I don't know. You can't trust anybody. Except for you and me, right? Except for us. We're the only trustworthy people on the whole internet. That's right. So you should keep listening to us or reading Nomad Athlete and not doing anything else on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um,. That's it. Turned out to be a long episode. I hope these have been helpful. If nothing else, we've got the Thrive Foods is, is Brendan Razor's Dookie, and I think that's a that's a big deal <laughs> that, we, that we came to that realization. Yep, definitely. Good. Okay. Well, uh, we'll really be back with another one of these. Up my eyes. It did. It was an eye-opening quote that we said there. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we'll have another one of these episodes coming up. That's going to be all about running and fitness resources. I don't know if it will be this long or not because this turned out to be long. Yeah, it did. And I don't have all that many running and fitness resources, but I've got a few. I could some good ones. Definitely. Well, take care, everybody. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. All right.